Why? Because you're in front of a school and you should have been peeing in front of the school because that is technically exposure to a minor. Well, well I mean, is it <laughs> if, if it's past midnight though, or is that is that even? No, they double it after midnight. That's, that's the thing. They call those multipliers in the judicial <laughs> in the judicial world. First, public drunken exposure. Our drunken, uh, drunken public. The second part is uh, exposure to a minor, and the third is pu- indecency. Maybe I'm wrong. Indecency in a public setting or in a in a uh, in a school zone? No, I don't know. Nah, but either way, you're yeah. going you're going under the prison at that point. After so, that, you're, you, then you got to like tell all your neighbors and you yeah, gotta... and then there you go. Then you're an offender, and you're just like. I just had to pee. I really just, I just had to pee. I didn't know my surroundings. This is why you have to just pee, learn to pee yourself in those situations. And I've told you time and time again, this is why I don't get, you know, and I say that I'm going to get in trouble, but this is why, (laughs) this is why sometimes your best defense is to pee yourself. I've told you this time and time again. This is anything you've ever told me. It's to pee yourself. (laughs) I have yes. told you many times in many situations. Sometimes you have to pee yourself to get out of a bad situation. I've Moving on. Ah, uh, uh, you went live, of course, Sean. This one. Yes. So, uh, oh, oh, were we on? Yes, yes. <laughs> I was trying to get get you in the act. Yeah. Let's <laughs> give one of my famous speeches. All right. Um, <laughs> welcome to another episode of the Nissan Nerd Podcast. We are on episode number fifty. Fifty four. Fifty four. 54. 54. Jesus. Episode 54. We've been doing this for a while. Um, Welcome to our first. Is this our first Friday? I can't tell you if we've ever done one before. It's If if so, it's been a long, long time. Yeah, man. Special Friday episode, man. I know. We've never done one of these. And due to scheduling conflicts, um, we uh, we chose to do this one um, on our first Friday show. Yeah, that's... um, I like it though. So. I like it though. It's, I, I don't know about you, but I mean, it's the whole Friday mentality. It, everything's a little looser. <sighs> I can breathe. You know, there's no work the next day, you know, to, you know, for many people. So it's like, yeah, all right. We can kind of unwind we'll, we'll, a little we'll bit more. T- so you want to test the waters on Friday shows from now on? Yeah, I'm down. Why not? I can try so, it out. I right. mean, it's, it's kind of a, I, I consider it more of a party mentality, you know, so that, that's good for the show. I imagine. I'm definitely so. down party. I like, I like to party. I like my podcast to party. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's get on with it. So this episode of the Nissan nerd podcast, we actually are coming out with you with a lot Um. A, surprisingly a lot of new news has come out this week so we're going to be talking about quite if uh quite a few things uh the new z hits 186 miles per hour um there is some production components that are going to be restarting in japan and then mike is going and then we're going to recap jccs a little bit here along with our normal news in this episode of the nissan nerd podcast cool let's do it <laughs> we got to change out our images because it's still me doing that beatbox like yes. on episode god knows whatever that was that like was one something. of the first ones because i was just uh, trying to get something that looked uh, funny you know and take, uh, we've got to we've got to get ourselves to to be outrageous more often so we have more footage for the 
No, well, we, we definitely no, get outrageous. We just never record it. So that's the problem. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But um, moving Probably on. for good reason. For good reason. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to make a, you don't want to log. You don't want to have that on the log books of some <laughs> of the crazy stuff that we have to do normally. But yeah, kudos. Um, first, I wanted to give a little um, shout out to everybody for being on with us tonight. Uh, we'll yes. acknowledge you in here just a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, let's do a little catch-up, Mike. I mean, I haven't – again, this is our first Friday show. Um, I know yep. you actually just got back from Hotlanta, um, <laughs> really, because I saw you do this, like, little Motorsports World Tour. We stopped by a couple sponsor locations and checked out a couple things. Tell us about well, it. Oh, I did, yeah. So uh... – I, I used to live out in the Atlanta area, and I had an, an old uh, an old friend, old roommate, kind of call me up, say, "Hey, man, just have you ever thought about coming out? You know, uh, it's been well three years since before this actually was going on." And uh, he said, "You know, come on out, man. You know, COVID's kind of winding down, so it, you feel people are a lot more at ease traveling." And so it was just coincidence. I looked at flights at the same time and found I had a hell of a deal for a flight, and I said. I'm just going to buy it on the spot and, you know, fill in the rest. So that's what I did. So I went out to Atlanta uh, for Labor Day weekend. So it was about four, pretty much four full days, man. Nice. Uh, really good time. Uh, so went and hung out with some friends uh, while I was there. Of course, I did go out and see our friends at Z1 Motorsports. Uh, their new facility, I mean, for what now, over a year now, uh, they've been, uh, everybody's been talking about their renovated uh, front lobby area, the, the, the renovated building in general. So I was like, you know what? I got to get my eyes on this. Let's go have some fun. So that's what I did. I, we did post a lot of these pictures on the uh, Facebook page um, uh, not too long ago. I'll share my screen, share a few pictures if you want, Miles. Yeah, why not? Let's go ahead and look through your slideshow like we're in <laughs> somebody's living room eating lemon cakes. And, <laughs> and that was when I got married. Uh, the ribbon, the ribbon candy. All right, let's go. The let's ribbon candy. Have some taffy. It's not even. <laughs> <good>. yeah. <laughs> Mid sip. I got you. Yeah. You got me. All right, hit me. All right, let's go for <laughs> it, man. Uh, beautiful front end there, man. The lobby is huge. Um, I mean, just looking up at it at the front door. I mean, it's just it's got this monolithic type of uh, setting now. Uh, inside, of course, you've got a lot of the Z1 favorites and a lot of, I, I don't know how else to call them, guest cars per se. You know, you've yeah. got Chris Forsberg's, uh, uh, that's Ultimaniac. Yep. Yep. It's on, it's on display there. Uh, you've got the, uh, time attack, uh, Z1 time attack, uh, three, uh, 370Z. And that is that warrior concept warrior. concept vehicle. Uh, of the time that one. And I know we've talked about it in the past and, and there it is, man. So that was a uh, pretty, that was cool, man. Pretty cool. Uh, again, a little bit here and there. Um, it's really nice getting in there, man. Of course, in the corner here, you've got essentially features of the product that they build. Uh, got some running video showing how the products that they have. Uh, real nice, man. Quality work. Um, you know, uh, I actually really enjoyed a lot of the stuff they had here. I was actually fortunate to get a tour um, of the spot. So, um we were able to walk into the back. Uh, I've got a few pictures here. This is actually okay. the customer lobby of this, what you're seeing here. Hmm. Uh, what else we got? Uh, actually, uh, Highcotter, Brian Highcotter's uh, 370Z was in the Dino Bay. Uh, nice. Kind of, uh, I don't think, I didn't see anybody working at the time, but it was it was there uh, at the moment, again, a couple of weeks back. And then, 
this is the uh the, the tech bay slash r&d bay you know you got a lot of customer cars a lot of company cars doing uh, a, a number of different jobs and um you know, I took as many photos as I can, but there were a lot of them that I couldn't. You know, they've got a lot of things that they're working on, and they've got a really good uh, YouTube channel and social media channels. Yeah. Uh, a lot of really good video happening. So, um, you know, I'm, I, I, I took what I was allowed to, but what you guys got to do listening is uh, look on social media. Obviously, if you're not already, go to Z1 Motorsports, do a search for them, and they do a lot of good uh, photos release, news updates, and uh, some really good videography kind of showcasing uh, their work. Uh, and they're hiring as well. I wanted to give them a shout out. If, if you are in the, the Atlanta area, Z1 Motorsports is hiring uh, their team. Uh, they've got multiple positions uh, typically uh, uh, available, so apply. Cool. I did try to get some last goodies there. Ultimania, I got this. Didn't put the sticker on, but I put nah. it pretty pretty close. I was just having some fun with that. So. <laughs> Jeez, let's talk about you. Uh, I know. Well, well, you asked, right? So (laughs) now you, so I got back and then we started kind of catching up and you're blowing me away. You said you purchased something and I, and what did I tell you? Very carefully, I told you, shut your face and tell me, wait until the podcast because I want to hear it. What did you do? I just bought another vehicle. It's, it's I bought a vehicle like a month ago, and now I bought another vehicle. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah, I actually just um, picked up a, an Xterra. Um, so I've, I've been wanting an Xterra just for a while, a 4.0. Um, I've, mm-hmm. been, I've been just kind of hunting one, and so one of them just kind of fell in my lap with the, with the transmission issue. So I'm addressing the transmission issue right now, and then I'm pretty sure it's going to be one of the new beaters. So, or maybe the Nismo... The uh, Nissan Nerd Podcast Mule will figure out <laughs> what it's going to be. I haven't quite figured it out yet. So, um, but yeah. yeah, maybe we'll gut it. Maybe we'll do something with it. But you know, we got. I got it for next to nothing. So I got yeah. it for a song and a dance, and um, <laughs> pretty much I, I got it next to nothing, man. I so. won't lie though, because I've been looking at trucks and and similar vehicles too. It it amazes me that you know if you put an Xterra. Uh, Search, do a search for Xterra, and then you do a search for for Frontier. You know, you, you've a lot of similarities. Same engine, oh, you can get them. Same in, damn in, thing. They're all rear wheel drive. Yeah. You can get four wheel drive options, but the prices are there's a pretty significant difference in price. Uh, the Xterra being the more affordable. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're just course, they're, there's more plentiful, um, and I think that's what it is. I, I think I you know we have to go back and check the sales number, or it's the first opportunity for our uh, people joining on with us tonight to tell us that we're wrong. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to say that the Xterra probably outsold the Frontier um, early on in those years. Uh, but you never know. Maybe the fleet sales, uh, you know, split the difference. But I don't know. I'll let somebody on the Nerd Channel figure it out and Sounds go good. from there. But, uh, yeah, I picked up a new one. And like I said, I got for cheap. Congrats. And I don't know. Well, we'll see where it goes. Maybe I'll uh, do something with it. And um, I don't know. Maybe we'll just destroy it. Who knows? Let's have fun yeah. with it. So Let's go ahead. Where's, where's the nearest cliff? Let's just have... <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. Maybe we'll take it to like the next uh, round trip and in, in tow some vehicle. We'll figure it out anyway. There you go. Yeah. But uh, again, um, uh, from there, um, yeah, that's everything. But uh, let's do some uh, crowd work, if you will. Thank yeah. you everybody for being here. Thank you. Um, Want to give a shout out to uh, Badu coming on with us. JLE. Yeah. <laughs> Bert going on with us. Sean, Mr. Buck, 
Let me see here. Oh, Mr. Papa Sergio, Mr. Papa Giorgio, right this way. Uh, he's down with us tonight. <laughs> Says you're wrong. What's the subject? Yeah. <laughs> he's probably not too uh, too off. Yeah, I am probably wrong. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for everybody for being on with us here tonight. Um, we'll continue to share your comments throughout the show and uh, stop and pause and make sure that we're addressing all of your social concerns and all of your needs. And we're making sure that we're going to be there for you as yes. we go through this podcast. Nice and easy. tonight. Nice and easy. All right. So let's give a shout out um, tonight. Actually, we want to do a special salute. Um, yes. And uh, Mike, you kind of brought this up to my attention. I did. I did. Um, so, well, let's go ahead and do the salute, though. Uh, this week, uh, specifically yesterday, September 15th, was the, uh, uh, would have been the 113th birthday of uh, Mr. Yutaka Katayama, otherwise known as Mr. K, the father of the Z car, uh, would, have, would have been his birthday. So, uh, as part of our our kanpai again. Let's keep him in our memory, and for those with us, again, uh, in good health. Let's uh, let's have a kanpai, guys. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Ah, kanpai. Oh, 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 on that note, on that note, I just uh, totally forgot that I had this on my options. So this actually oh. is a picture that came from um, uh, Rick Quintanilla. Mm -hmm. He's a a good friend of the show. Um, also known as Halo Z on old moderator sites or um, sites when you used to have an avatar when that was a thing on forums. Yeah. But uh, Rick's a, a great friend of the show, uh, an amazing, amazing Z buddy, uh, huge Z32 enthusiast and an S chassis enthusiast as well, S13, S14. Um, but a great guy. He took this picture years ago when we were at a Z convention. Uh, we've got Mad Mike, of course, uh, over here and Mr. K. And it was just one of those candid moments that he grabbed a photo. So um, nice it was such a great, yeah. it's a great photo. Um, and I just wanted to give a shout out to him. So for taking the photo and then of course, uh, happy birthday to Mr. K and uh, thanks Rick for sharing it with us. So great shot. Cool. So good shot, man. Good shot. Uh, so we've got our, our come by. I mean, I feel, uh, I feel prepared, man. You want to get into some news? Yeah, let's go ahead and party with some news. Uh, yeah. Let's see what we've got going on. So, oh man, of course I would know you're changing the stream. Uh, I don't first. Have, I ha okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how can I help I, you? I don't have enough time. You obviously have much more time to uh, to uh, be the instigator of many of these things. So yeah. Oh God. All right. Uh, Mike, for those, hold on, Mike. Those, on a, yeah. on a motorboat. No, <laughs> for those that are doing the audio <laughs> version only, uh, yeah, there's there, we've got some screens behind us, some green screens with some uh, pretty. Uh, there goes our rating, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> you gotta quit that yeah. right out of the gate. Yeah, I guess right I gotta stop that. Sorry, I motor. <laughs> sorry, I motorboated your milk jugs. Moving on. <laughs> um, for Nissan news, um, for those that didn't catch it, we actually put it up on the podcast. Um, the new Z actually made an appearance with um, with a co uh, with Brie Larson on the first uh, premiere episode of the new Jay Leno's Garage. So, um, I don't know if you have any uh, background on that, Mike, but um, mm. yeah, the the show just came out a few days ago. Uh, we put the link up uh, when it made itself available to YouTube. Um, yep. It's not too bad. Uh, Brie kind of talks about a, a little bit about her her um, her experience with the vehicle. She had it, had an opportunity to uh, drive it for a little while. 
Jay yeah. Leno actually starts the beginning of the show uh, driving up in a uh, an early series uh, 240Z. Okay. Um, and it's a beautiful white car. Um, and um, they show, they do a little bit of comparisons. Not a very, very involved historical lesson, uh, but just okay. very, very um, uh, simplified. And they, they do a reference to Mr. K and a couple of other things. But uh, the whole episode is not the Z, so don't get too excited. There's actually Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. They're racing out of... Um, uh, the um, streets of Willow, and there's uh, some other sidestepping, but for the most part, you probably get about a good 10 or 15 minutes of consistent um, J and Brie and Z footage. So if you get a chance or you want to check it out, obviously it's free. Uh, you can check the link out in the um, in the podcast. Um, we've already made it available, and then of course you can find it through YouTube. But uh, I, you know, I. Uh, I love the fact that the Z's making its um, debut all through uh, all through these social media sites and TV shows. And I just think we're going to see more and more now that there's more availability um, out there. So we'll continue to monitor those, maybe show you some more Z sightings as we've been doing for the last two years. And um, <laughs> so we'll continue to kind of let you know what's happening with that. It's but funny. if you want to check it out, it's there. So. It's funny you mentioned that though too. I did have a Facebook memory go, Facebook memory this week, uh, with the Z Proto when the it was Z the Proto shadow, was first... right? Yeah, yes. it was the... no, no, no. Yeah. I'm talking about when they actually put it on the showroom floor. We and, were live. And... We, yes, we, we, went... we we went live. That was two years ago. This week as well, they did that. I on told the, you uh, we've been talking about Mr. this forever, yeah. and we know every nerdy detail about this car. How every little piece of information was dropped every month, and guess what? We're not going to talk about it because guess what? I'm on episode 54. We probably talked about that car back in episode 10. So guess what? Right, Go back right. and watch it. It's called being so. a dead horse. But I mean, I, I still it's still entertaining. But I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, we got these videos. Here. Uh, this this uh, slate gray man. It's not it's not too bad. I no, mean, no, uh, I dig it. it. It seems like it's the same color that was, uh, and I could be wrong. And this is, again, an opportunity to prove me wrong for our listening nerds. But I'm going to say it's the same color that's on the new frontier. But I could be wrong. A chance to prove me wrong. Let's go, <laughs> Mr. Papa Sergio and the rest of uh, the nerds that are on with us tonight. Prove me wrong. Tell me, tell me it's a different uh, code. So we'll figure it out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, that came out here recently. So if you get a chance, check it out. You know, I, I thought it was a cool episode. Now, you also had some new Z news uh, that came out. Oh, I know recently we've been talking a little bit about modifi uh, modifications now that the Zs are hitting the street and people are getting yes. them. And vendors are starting to get them. Last time we talked about dyno numbers. This time we got a little bit of different information. What do you got? Well, yeah, uh, so this is kind of a really good follow-up from our last episode. We spoke about how uh, the ECU of the new Z had already been successfully cracked and modified, right? Uh, now, this, uh, they did mention a few mods. Now, in this article here from The Drive, and I will share my screen on this uh, with you. Uh, honestly, they've got proof here. I've got video uh, in from a... A news outlet I think you you know and love as well, Miles, called Out, uh, Option. Option's got some video footage of the new Z uh, hitting 186 miles per hour Ooh. with just a few light mods. This is very, very impressive. Uh, the stock car is limited to 155 miles an hour, which is still 
nothing to uh, be to be sad about. It's a very it's, it's faster than which anybody needs really. But now we can go even faster, uh, and this article kind of summarizes uh, what what uh, they were doing. I'll let this video run in the background here, and uh, it's actually uh, 28 minutes. So uh, we actually had a really cool. Uh, I spy with my little eye. Yes. And for, for those that don't know, hold on, give me a pause there for two seconds. I want to talk about something. So for those that don't know who's, well, obviously that's, you, you stole my thunder there. You stopped on the man I was going to talk about a little bit. But um, um, for those that have not historically watched the option videos, those are kind of like old school Bible for, for really big car nerds like JDM or Japanese car nerds. Uprev magazines were what we what we pretty much had available to us we're talking like pre fast and furious days yeah. right um so uprev um um uh, you know the option or the jdm uh, oh my god and i sound like such a door version but or no 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 uh, hot versions the um yeah and the uh the option uh we're talking vhs tapes like that's how far yes. this stuff goes back but um, if you get an opportunity, um, the, the gentleman who's actually in the helmet, and I don't even have to know, I haven't even have watched this video, but I can already tell you that's Gogo -Go Daijido um, oh. in the helmet. Because no, I know his eyes. I, I, I guarantee you, and if I'm wrong, yeah. tell me I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's Dai. Um, because that guy is old school, proper legend. And um, and he's, he remember that, that uh, Silver Peaks classic? We're talking years, and, and I'm really challenging some nerds on this one. The Silver, I want to say Silver Peak Classic, um, he rolled that 350Z that was top end. Remember that one? Years and years ago. We're probably talking, uh, this had to be 2004, 2005. Man, Again, was... another opportunity for somebody to prove me wrong because I, yeah. I don't have all my details. I'm going to put an asterisk there for somebody <laughs> to fill in the data. But he, but he has been... He's a racing legend. Um, he yeah. really is. He's up there with like Smokey Nagata and those guys. Um, and, uh, you know, but to see that he's in this video, yes. just all all authenticity and legend, just go ahead and hit that video and let it run in the background. Not but tell me more about it because, yeah, I would be excited if I was to immerse on too as well, just being Thanks. around. Dying. Yeah. And so the, the article was saying how – Tamuro-san was involved, let's say, unofficially with uh, with Gretty. Uh, Gretty, uh, the car that they're using, uh, I, I want to say this was some sort of uh, collaboration with Gretty and uh, some of their modified parts. And this is where they were already looking at the uh, top speed uh, of, of this car. Um, As they again, should. I, yeah. I've got a few parts here. They're, they were saying, of course, the exhaust. They're saying the, muff, the exhaust system alone provides you with over just over two, 10 horsepower. Uh, they did not specify whether that was at the wheel or at the engine. Uh, well, I, said, I mean, let's, yeah. so let's, let's talk a little bit. Give me a pump, a pause real quick. Sure, sure. So I want to talk about something here just for a pause. And we've been saying this for a while. And we talked about this when we were talking about the modifications and the rigidity specifically. I don't know how many episodes that was back, mm -hmm. but we talked a little bit about the exhaust. Like everybody's like Nissan specifically is making an exhaust. That's eh. Because why? Because they're catering to the the type of people that are going to buy it. They yes. know that those people that buy the car, one of the first absolute first things they're going to do is yep. they're going to go out and hunt for an exhaust. They're going to yep. change out wheels. They're going to change out 
those little details air intakes. So they're not yeah. investing crucial amounts of money in the development of those parts. So yeah. they're giving you an okay product. But yeah. um, that's why I, I, I feel like this, I feel like the fact that we're covering this for news <laughs> and the fact that you, you know, you're seeing this difference yeah. in horsepower from just the part uh, from part change out is yeah. so significant because Nissan knew where to put the development in this vehicle. Yeah. Anyway, well, on that, hit it. No, no, yes. And and so I actually actually want to add a note about that too, which I thought was very, 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 very smart on Tremuro-san's uh, behalf. Uh, you're right. Not as much money was invested in the exhaust because, right, we know that majority of enthusiasts, that's what one of the, the exhaust is one of the first things that's going to go uh, be upgraded. Um, the other cool thing about it, though, too, is that he knows how much horsepower is going to be unlocked unlocked with this uh, new exhaust. And so he kind of leaves it to the enthusiasts to have that, um, uh, what would you call it, that, that, that feeling that you get when you put a part on yourself or you have it done. And it's like, oh, I did this. This is more than the factory. I'm, I'm achieving more horsepower than the factory. And there's a feeling that goes with that. And I feel like he kind of, it was intentional. Uh, I think that's also an aspect of it, of actually giving the enthusiast. It kind of makes the enthusiast have more ownership in the car as well. It's not just a plug and play. They're letting you mess around. They know what you're going to play with. And so they will let you... Uh, uh, this this has to be a Grady yeah. Z. This has to be a Grady purchase yes, Z. Yes, yes, it has to be. Which because an and they've always worked with um, Nissan has always worked with Grady or Trust in America, if you will, yeah. um, for a number of years for product development, all the way back to really early Zs. And so to see them out there and actually putting out a Z, I love it. Uh, I've always loved the Grady Zs, and I love, I've always loved Grady. Um, uh, product. I mean, it, it's always been quality. If you, as long as you're getting the good stuff, so not the Chinese ripoff, so, which there are, which they do exist. But yeah, look at them. They're doing it. Uh, wait, uh, I'm trying to pause it right at where he's at. Uh, okay, we oh, did 300. Oh. Yeah, he had 301 there for a second though. Anyway, uh, again, these number of combinations that Greddy is uh, doing their research on at the same time. Uh, one of the other mentions was a increase in boost. And uh, they were saying that there's 473 horses that they've recorded, uh, I want to say, at the wheel. Uh, actually, that's what they didn't specify, whether that was at the engine or at the wheel. But uh, if that is at the wheel, that means there's nearly – there's over 500 horses uh, coming from the engine, which is very impressive com with the fact that these things are uh, coming from the factory – Putting out what they are. I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, it's going to be a great car, and I feel like we're going to see more of these videos, and you're going to see your tuners just pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, and and that's what we want. I mean, that's what we live for. I mean, it kind of takes us back to the old supercar days, if you will. Um, yep. You know, oh, let's see the reaction from Tamuro-san. <laughs> Uh, he knows. He knows. He might act surprised. <laughs> he, he's already. He already knows. <laughs> so. But, so uh, very, very cool. All right. Uh, but yeah, now, man, good find. I do want to say one thing, though, of course, uh, for those of you guys that are listening, of course, be safe. These high speeds were done in a controlled environment. You should as well. So uh, don't want anybody getting any wild ideas, man. It's yeah, don't PSA do anything that's behalf. bad for you or bad for your health or <laughs> as I drink a beer and tell you. And I obviously think uh, yes. everything that was in that video was awesome. But yeah, we're going to move on with our lives. Um, 
but yeah, very cool. Um, thanks for showing that. Um, no I did want to give a shout out to uh, Harold, who's, yeah. who actually proved me wrong. Harold said uh, the Frontier outsold Eric's Xterra by at least two to one in the U.S. Um, that's pretty clean of a factual data piece, Harold. I feel like I'm going to call some BS on you, but I'm going to give you the credit because I did zero research on that. And you <laughs> had a guy. I've met him. And yeah, you had good. 10 minutes to research that. Um, there is Harold uh, right there. There he is. Uh, oh. There is Harold. I'm going to pick your nose real quick. And Harold, I officially owe you a beer when I see you um, whenever. So let's see if you got your factual data right. And then if so, I owe cool. you a beer. <laughs> uh, moving right along. Moving I'm actually going to take the next article. So some okay. new news has been coming our way with, um, and we've talked about this in the past, that there is a market for some of these the development or the uh, the the reinvestment of some of the old um, engine platforms um, mm. based out of Japan. So we saw this all, um, and we talked about this again prior articles or prior episodes where we were talking about uh, Nissan was reinvesting in producing RB heads, um, some of the RB parts that were coming about, but there is yeah. uh, new news in the way of SRs. So the SR was just kind of a, a, a rumor there that anything was going to be reproduced until now. So Mercury Japan, um, which is Merc Mercury Fuji Mori store in Japan, will be reproducing the original SR20 with the help of Nissan Motors. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be out of the same plants, but again, we don't have a lot of that data just yet. Um, apparently, it's going to—it's a slow trickle of release. As we get more information that's going to be available, we'll definitely let you know. We have no idea on pricing. We have no idea if they're going to be complete blocks or if they're going to be heads or valve covers. We, we have no idea right now. But um, once we have a little bit more information, we'll let you know as things progress. But for yeah. right now, it's still just cool that it's out there. On hopefully, that same, yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's going to cool the market, man. We were just talking last time about how the SR20s, how expensive they've become even over the last uh, five years even. Uh, hopefully this supply that they bring out will help cool down that, that market, man. Cause $6,000 for a used block is a lot of money. So <laughs> anyway, you go ahead. Well, you go ahead. I, no, I would say that. I mean, I'm to the point now where it's like, I don't even tell, I don't push SR stuff anymore. I'm like, just buy K's. Yes. Just buy K's. They're the you price are. that SR used to be back in the day when, um, when, um, you know, when race wars was just down the way and they were, <laughs> they were fetching a premium. Now they're fetching a super premium. You know, um, yeah. so I mean, Lance would agree with me. So moving on. Um, yeah. On that note. Um, so there is Nismo is going to be uh, we kind of knew this or heard this, but Nismo is apparently officially going to be uh, restarting some production of some of the R34 uh, GTR components. Um, and uh, originally they put them out. They made them available to the public pre-sold sold out instantly oh i read this yes yes you're talking about um we saw i saw it i don't know where you saw it but i saw it on japanese nostalgic car mm -hmm. uh they were talking about they did a pre-sale uh and it, the amounts of money for the the cluster the dash cluster uh, you know it wasn't cheap yeah. and limited yeah, give number me the, give me the steering wheel and i'll yeah. i'll give you some background so oh cool yeah, cool and um 
I think they had said the something about. Yeah, they were saying something about um, this was probably going to be a a one-off run. Uh, it it's not going to be. It's going to be a while until the next time they do this. I think it's what I what I heard. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, it 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 it's cool that they did it. I mean, they try to do it through the Nismo catalog, and I heard that was going to be something that was going to be consistent here for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I know things are kind of changing up internally within uh, Nismo Japan and Nismo USA. Let's hope that that continues on right now. I feel like, and I'm just, uh, and maybe I'm making excuses, but I know Nissan was really focused on getting all the development out for the new vehicles, getting vehicles to market with everything with chip shortages that was recently going on. So for them to kind of say, Hey, we got a lot of other stuff going on. We'll worry about pushing out this old product or redeveloping this old product when we can, but right now we need to get some production done. So I feel like that's what's happening. And now they're saying, Hey, we we're not, we're not not listening to you. <laughs> just right now, we need to focus on what on what's priority right now. Gotcha. So, um, very very cool stuff. But yeah, it was kind of nice that they uh, they kind of acknowledged that. So, you know, to kind of see the SR and the RB happen at the same time, very cool stuff. So, um, but yeah, I just uh, thought those out there that are dying for those engines to have uh, a, a taste of the JDM, guess what? Um, mm-hmm. th- there's the best news I can give you right now at this time. Now, um, cool. M- Mike, you in the way of the EV, uh, you had some new updated data that you want to kind of share, right? I do, I do. Uh, let's jump into it. Uh, I wanted to share an article. Uh, on, <laughs> Bert, but Bert said before we go on, he goes, okay. uh, he said, "Don't need any chips for heritage parts manufacturing." Ooh, Damn, Bert. That's good. That's Why good. Damn, the brutal. truth hurts sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How's it go? I heard I heard a phrase once. He goes, "Go ahead." Yeah, don't be such a Karen when it comes to getting your JDM parts, Bert. All right, we love you. They said, All right, get, slow your roll, homie. Slow your roll. All right. I, I've heard a saying that says, uh, "The truth is like poetry." No one likes poetry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hit him ah. with that new uh, Nissan um, EV news that we're dying to hear. All right, let's go for it. <laughs> this is actually coming from the Nissan uh, news outlets. Uh, essentially, the, the only article this episode that comes from Nissan uh, itself. Uh, Nissan approves its first bi-directional charger for use uh, with the Nissan LEAF in the U.S. Uh, to help reduce energy costs. Um, they're saying here that Nissan is working with a company called Fermata Energy, uh, and they are a vehicle-to-grid services provider. Uh, This is kind of new. I mean, this hasn't really been done before. Uh, Previously, as far as anywhere else, you know, you may have seen commercials where the F-150 was providing power to a number of things with, uh, you know, outlets. Uh, This is more than just that. This is actually... Uh, cars being able to uh, take its power source and actually supply an electrical grid, either in a building uh, or the city at large. And that leaves me with a lot of questions, but let me go ahead and just run down a little bit more about this article, though, uh, uh, first. Uh, This feature that Nissan is uh, uh, building and developing uh, will not void Nissan's battery warranty. 
This works for uh, all Nissan Leafs, essentially, from 2013 uh, to current. Uh, and this is the only fully electric passenger vehicle in the U.S. market that can supply energy to power grids. Um, they're saying in this article that at this concept or this idea, it's ideal for companies with uh, fleet vehicles. Uh, and they're saying that uh, they, the fleet companies can draw power from the cars during high demand uh, periods uh, and essentially high peak charging periods uh, were hopefully to reduce their costs as a whole. It's a very creative idea. Um, I, I'm curious to see how it works out. Uh, I, I want to see it go pretty well though. Um, what do they say here? Uh, this is part of Nissan's uh, Ambition 2030 plan. They're this is actually a really cool phrase they said. Nissan is exploring additional opportunities in the vehicle-to-everything market. They call it V2X, uh, including residential applications. V2X, they're calling vehicle-to-everything market. That's a whole new market. That's They're talking about a variety of ways, hardware, software, whatever it may be, to take power from a car and apply it to a number of situations that could happen. I see this actually being really, very cool with like uh, disaster relief efforts. If you're in an area that has no power and you want to power some sort of temporary housing or, or whatever it may be, just plug it into a car that, you know, came from a different area is that, that's, I mean, you, you know, that was okay. Never done so let, let's, let's be realistic. Okay. What's going to happen in this situation. Okay. I'm driving my leaf. I get a call from you who just had a storm. I got no power, homie. Can you come by my house and charge up my house for two hours so I can brush my teeth and take care of my incidentals and uh, cook my food? All right, Mike, I'll hook you up. So I drop by your house. I charge up your juice. Yeah. I, I, I make your life better for you. And then on my way home, I happen to pass a really cute girl. She's also without this power. I'm like, you know what? I understand you need to charge your phone because you need to take your selfies. I got you. Plug it into the front of my leaf. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna juice her world too as well. Okay. That's I also drive home and there's a group of orphans <laughs> who all have electronic toys that need to be charged by USB. Orphans, I feel yeah. you. You need to charge your Plug it into the front of my leaf. My leaf. Yeah. I'm trying to head home. Broken down on the side of the road. You're going to do so much. Miles, I will say, you are a very generous person. You are all about the pay it forward vibe. So you will give yourself, uh, you, you, you will offer services. It's a, and we've now turned the leaf into a, a Superman car. If you think about it. We've turned the well, vehicle into a superhero. It's just, a, you're a, a rolling battery at this point. Well, yes, and, and that's the thing, too. So I, I have a lot of questions about this. And, yeah, and it's about infrastructure, for one. I mean, uh, how <laughs> much energy? Go ahead. Stephen Sorry. Johnson, yeah. now, but there's a lot of questions on this, and obviously I, I know that these answers will be solved uh, eventually. But, yeah, how much power? So let's say you've got a fully charged leaf. How much of a house can you charge and for how long? Like, what is the equivalent? You start getting into numbers. I, I don't, I don't how, know. How long can I heat up Mike's bath water? 
I mean, let's talk about that. You know what I mean? Let's oh, let's God. let's be realistic here. This know? is a Friday for you, man. You're going all you're going off the wall, man. I'm, yeah, I'm just I'm swinging wild. I'm swinging wild. But uh, yeah, how, I don't know. How many ramen dinners can you heat up with a leaf? With a leaf? <laughs> yeah, many, yeah. How many single man hunger man dinners can you hook up? How many but microwave dinners? Can let, you let's heat talk up, about man? let's talk about this and what I understand. Hunger man dinners. Twenty minutes. Yeah. Get in. Three seventy five. So I'm just. All right, moving on with the live. Anyway, again, but, uh, what I wanted but, to really but it kind is, of emphasize. But it, but it is pretty yeah. cool, though. Yeah, it, it, yes. it's cool to know that the options for directional usage is there. And and I get it. It's just I don't – the infrastructure and the market just may may not have addressed themselves or shown or peaked its, its head out just yet. Yeah. But it's a cool option. But the usage factor – Maybe yeah. just hasn't made its way. I mean, me personally, it's, as an insurance person who does occasional cat duty from time to time, catastrophe uh, duty, I have to arrive to a location. Sometimes you get to people and literally there's 100 people standing in a parking lot needing to call family members or something. And guess what? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we make our generators available to them because we don't care if there are insureds or not. We're there to help the community. And that's what it's all about. But if we can do that with some of our vehicles and then yeah. recover recover energy into them at a later time, I mean, to me, that's kind of a win. But that's that's my setting. That's my world. That's 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 how I would utilize it in my profession. But uh, cool stuff. By the way, it's it's making acts of kindness like you're talking about much more simple and frictionless. It's well, going to be much why... more convenient to do it, and it, yeah, it's going to be a, a very nice thing. I think it's an emerging emerging market as well, and you know, obviously in this article, Nissan's saying that you know they're on top of it. They they they're, yeah. they're coming up with ideas to really take advantage of this. And, and that's um, why I said it's like it's a potential superhero car at that point if you make the option available. Yeah, we can turn our nose up to it, but you know, when you need that help, when you need that juice, when you're that uh, that cute girl broken down on the side of the road, or you're Mike D who needs a hungry man popped, and that's the only way, that's the only food source that he has. You know, we will be there with that leaf to make that life happen for you. So, um, kudos to uh, Nissan for um, you know taking a swing at it and uh, potentially coming up with some cool ideas. Yeah. So, um, on that news, let's uh, talking about juice. Um, yeah. And you had a battery article as well, didn't you? Well, we have crabs. Um, <laughs> what? Shells. Crab shells. Sorry. Crab. I had a, had a burp there a little second. But uh, there's a news article that came out, um, and I'll sh- I'll let you throw it up in the background. Okay. But, uh, yeah, uh, crabs uh, apparently are going to be uh, a potential – are looking at potential sources for uh, energy. Um, and Once, yeah, you're probably like, how uh, Miles, how many beers does Miles has? And, um, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. But, um, I'm so apparently they're, <laughs> so apparently crab shells has an element in them that is actually, uh, completely biodegradable. So if this, the crab shell can be harvested if you will um it basically makes the um uh when used utilized in a battery setting apparently two-thirds of the battery can now be um uh, processed um and completely recycled so it's completely biodegradable so yeah you know I, i just i don't know why we nerded out on this when we were talking about it and um yeah 
And so I just, I don't know why I got excited about it or I thought it was pretty funny, but this uh, is a potential new battery source. I don't know. I guess they're getting tired of mining. Who, who was some- the guy who, <laughs> who had a battery? Like he's a battery guy, right? He's, he's in the EV world and he looks at a crab and goes, wait a minute. Like, he, wait a minute. like now, you know what, what it is? Connection? I, I'm going to yeah. just say right here. There's a lot of crab hate in the world, and I'm pretty sure that this guy is like the Hitler of crab hate. He just (laughs) he wants to decimate all crabs. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to create an energy source out of these guys because I hate them so much. But you know what? The crabs are fighting back. He's got a vendetta. They got that's it. They're not going to go lightly. Like, look at this right here. I mean, they're armed. They're ready. They're ready to defend themselves to the team. Crabs are not going easy crab fighting. so we'll see how uh, we'll see how this plays out and uh yeah. we'll let you know uh we'll see if we can get uh crab spokesman in here and uh see how <laughs> this is going to play out overall a, a crab activist uh harold <laughs> did say that it, crab activist uh harold here says that red lobster has a hookup that's where we go for our sh- for our i'm just gonna ships. wait outside and grind my own batteries outside of red lobster you got a, one of those like you know how they make uh, they make how they make guacamole from avocados, the little mocajete, they grind it up. They're going to have that for crab shells. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know. We just, we were, we were, we were swinging wild on that article. <laughs> yeah. Was just... yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. Cause you, you shared that one with me just previously. And I was like, I don't, how did you find that? That, that is a miles type of article though. I'll, I'll yeah, give you well, credit for that. I read a lot and I don't always share with you cause it's just dumb. But this it, one was it, dumb, and it had some flavor to it. So my apologies, and thank you all for sticking with me. I know, uh, I know it's it's hard to love me sometimes, but uh, you're telling me. I, I, <laughs> oh, oh, that's it. We, oh, oh, I thought it was muted. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> we'll continue on from there. Now, uh, you also had a um, an article about yes. um, power. Well, and, and so this this is obviously the article that I have here that uh, was about. Um, it it brought out the nerd. This was this was this is definitely a nerd article, and reading this article to me, it debunked not debunked it. It corrected something that I thought was true, and it wasn't true. And so I was enlightened after reading this article. It's fairly short, and I thought to share it with you guys. So that's what I wanted to do. Uh, I'm going to share my screen on this. How your location affects boost and horsepower. Talking about altitude, essentially, in this case. You're, how high are you from sea level and how that plays into uh, boost and horsepower? Uh, up until this article, Miles, pardon my ignorance, I, I thought turbochargers solved that issue in general, right? Uh, as opposed to a naturally aspirated engine, you know, if you're at high altitude, yes, we know you're not going to have, uh, you have thinner air, so the, the air density. Uh, thus, uh, power output is going to be uh, reduced when you're at higher altitude uh, locations. I thought turbochargers solved that, but I was wrong. This is not true. And so uh, I'll go ahead and uh, talk about This came from an article from sonictuned.com. Uh, they seem to be a tuning shop. Uh, the tuner uh, had this article talking about how a lot of his customers – in high altitude locations, so for example, what would you call um, Denver? Uh, I think probably areas, uh, uh, you know, Utah area. When they're talking about six thousand feet above sea level, 
the customers were kind of complaining to a, to a point of complaining, saying that, why am I not getting enough power, you know, or why am I not getting as much as I thought I would? And uh, so this is what he explains here, though. He's saying, essentially, uh, the performance is, uh, let's say here, uh, at sea level, and th now we're getting into some numbers, okay, Miles? Uh, at sea level, <laughs> air pressure is, uh, air pressure, which is one bar, is at 14.5 PSI. Uh, that's at sea level. And as you get higher, that number becomes reduced. So in his example here, he says that uh, at 6,400 feet above sea level, it's what he calls, it's a fr it's, it becomes a decimal of bar, which in this case, 0.627 bar. Uh, the higher you go, you're getting just a percentage of what one bar is. Uh, he uses a really good keyword called density altitude. And he's saying that uh, uh, even in turbocharger applications, you do have a, a shortage of power. Uh, he says here, if a tuner targets 18 pounds of boost, let's just say 18 pounds of boost. Uh, I'm sorry, my fault. Again, this is what makes it hard to explain to you, but it's so helpful, man. Uh, if you're at sea level and you're at one bar, that's, right. that's right, and then you're at altitude and you're at 0. 0.6 bar, uh, essentially that, effect, that affects how you tune the car as well. You're saying that uh, if you're at sea level and you target 18, your target is 18 PSI, uh, if you still have that same target of 18 PSI, uh, at a higher altitude, in reality, it's less than 18 psi. It's probably closer to 12 psi. Uh, it has to do with the way the the ECU calibrates for elevation. It's like this ECU has a has an algorithm that calibrates for elevation, and uh, it, it's really what uh, reduces the power in this thing. Uh, the big limitation, no matter what, in all this is that stock turbos can only spin so fast. Uh, as a tuner, what he could do is, you know, increase boost. But at a certain point, you start to get overspinning and and uh, of the RPMs on the turbocharger. And essentially, the turbocharger is going to want to detonate itself, and you, you don't want that. There's a limitation of RPMs, which is right around uh, 250,000 RPMs. He says the solution for a lot of this is to get aftermarket turbos that spin faster than your OEM turbos. And they will make up for what he calls the boost deficit. Um, and at that point, from a tuning perspective, he can turn off this elevation calculation. So he's what he's explaining, though, is that if you've got stock turbos and you're in a high elevation, if you really want more power, you're going to have to go with larger turbos. <laughs> Are you okay over there? Sorry. Oh, my God. You out-nerded me this episode. Did I? Don't I? I don't think you've ever gone as nerdy except into this. Literally, you out-nerded me this time. And, uh, uh, yeah. What do I win? I, what do I win? <laughs> my respect. Ah! Ah, race for Pink's punk. All right. <laughs> um, let's let's, let's get into some qu questions, anybody? Let's... <laughs> Let's do some you have any man. nerdy yeah. questions to please challenge Mike? It's like, oh my God. Uh, Bueller, anybody? Uh, Bueller? Bueller, Bueller. Let's see uh, here. Let's see. What do you uh, got? Let's you got? talk. Everybody wants to talk crabs. They don't want to talk your BS numbers about your elevation changes and your thicker and thicker 
and thinners. I know you like the thickers. All right, Steve Johnson, thinner and thicker at the same time. That's how I roll. <sighs> maybe. <laughs> I think maybe I got my words wrong. But, yeah, well, uh, your, your boy John here is saying that, you know, air at altitude is thinner, yes, but generally colder, uh, which it's still – I think the the nets – improvement the the net difference between altitude and temperature again you want to talk about uh altitude the equation the pv equals nrt that's a uh, i'm not gonna, that's a whole other subject but that's essentially calculate it's a calculation between uh temperature humidity uh e elevation uh it really has to do with power on this one too but. you're ditching my you're you're bringing down the vibe in my boom boom hour all right <laughs> all right <laughs> But no, um, you know, actually, um, I, I'm kind of with you for the most part. Uh, ben actually had a chime in. He said, um, this is why you ditch the math and go with the map uh, for VE pace tuning. Uh, that ain't just for VE, man. It, it's kind of across the board. It's amazing what's happening right now with map tuning and, um, and, and everything with the with everything that's being offered with standalone and, and map options. Um, good stuff, man. Um, John kind of agreed with us. Bingo. Yeah. Um, pilots know this oh, stuff as well. Yeah, John good, throwing awesome. it out there. He goes, pilots know this stuff well. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> little pink. I'm gonna throw a little pink out for Mr. Papa Giorgio. All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, actually, uh, uh, couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, I apologize that well, I. Tell you uh, what. Yeah. Oh. So now it's your job to uh, pick us up out of this lull or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> You're complaining, but now you have to pick us up. All right, now that there you go. It's oh you well. Now. Oh, Jesus Christ. My apologies. Let me save the show. All right. Well, actually, I just want to kind of talk a little bit about some other social media stuff that was actually happening right now. Um, and Mike, I'm going to steal uh, the steering wheel for a quick second. And I just wanted to kind of give you guys a little heads up about a new show that's out. If you don't already have this, I would. I like it. I enjoy it. Um, it's a little simplistic of a show, but it's yeah. still just kind of fun. Um, so this is a, a show that I kind of caught wind of uh, early on. Um, okay. I actually knew about it um, before it pretty much came live on Motor Trend or really kind of I, I was monitoring it because I heard through the grapevine that they were going to be shooting a show around Albuquerque. Oh. Um, and it was based out of a, a shop that was there and it was like a friend of a friend and, um, they couldn't really talk too much about it. So I knew that something was coming. I just didn't know if it was going to get the green light. Apparently this is a brand new show that just came out through motor trend. You can check it out now. If you've got a motor trend subscription, or you want to try to find some of the episodes through uh, YouTube. Now on that note, we are a Nissan based community show um, here on the podcast um, runs good for the most part. Um, they're drifters and tuners uh, for the most part. And what they're doing is essentially in these shows is they take somebody else's busted up project that couldn't finish it. And then they finish the project for them. Um, really? And that's like, the, like the whole overhauling. Is it kind of like a, um, yeah, but it, it's very much on a budget. Sometimes it's just fun. It's most of the time. It's just, Really, it's kind of like if we finish somebody else's project. It's at that level of just simplicity, and they're just having fun with it. A lot of complaining, okay. a lot of joking, and it's really just fun. It's like okay. it's really just one big treehouse episode, or treehouse kind of setting, like a just a bunch of guys in the garage. It kind of takes me back to when I was younger. 
But uh, um, there is some um, Nissan news in this, if you will. The final episode for the season, which was episode number six. Actually, they did find an R32, not a GTR, um, that they actually ended up um, rescuing from some uh, hot boy's house. And they uh, they ended up taking it drifting afterwards, so they fixed it up and put some money into it and fixed it. But that's the thing I love about the show is they kind of uh, they kind of fix it up. A lot of it's on a budget, um, so if you get a chance to check out the show, it's one of the only import shows that's now on Motor Trend. So if you want to still have Motor Trend support the import community, I would uh, suggest checking out the show, giving your feedback. But I really enjoy the show. Um, again, uh, just wanted to give that as a little shout out to everybody that's out there. If you have a Motor Trend subscription or you want to check it out, um, check them out. They're they're not too bad. They're they're pretty fun. Uh, you know, don't don't expect like you're going to be getting like a I don't know, like a Wheeler's Dealers episode. Or they're going to get really <laughs> into it. But uh, but they're fun. Um, you know, it's good entertainment. So if you want to go check it out. So okay, okay, um, yeah, Bert, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Um, Ben says, uh, like pimp my ride, but better. Sure. 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 sure ben. If that... <laughs> exhibit, uh, exhibit was, uh, was, t- was taken. He was doing another project, but, uh, <laughs> nah. but, uh, yeah. So moving right along now, um, we did talk in the last episode about, yeah. um, a car that came up on our radar that was going up for auction and bring a trailer. Yeah. Um, it was a very noteworthy vehicle. Um, and you actually, um, were following it, right? Well, well, yeah. Cause on the last episode I, I said it and I was like, you know what? I got to remind myself to, to, to take a look. Um, we were, t- we we're talking about the ex Tom Cruise, 1984 Nissan 300 ZX race car. It was on bring a trailer. And when we spoke about it, it, was uh, the auction, I want to say, had just begun, and we, I think the current price at that time was at $6,500, relatively low, and I wasn't too sure where it was going to end up, you know, when I think Z31, no matter who owned it, or who raced in it, or who sat in it, like, I mean, I I think historically, Miles, would you say that the 280ZX and the Z31 has sort of been on the lower end of the spectrum, price range-wise? I would up um, until the last year, year and a half. The two eighty. I agree with you. The, the Z thirty one more than the two eighty ZX. I hate to say it. I know there's two eighty ZX guys right now that are gonna that are gonna find me in an alley and beat me to death with with those ugly bumpers um, that they have. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I love you. All right. I love everything in the power plant. I love the interior, but there's some design flaws in the two eighty ZX. I'm sorry if you own one. They're coming around. Well, They're starting to get cool. But I my, agree. my point is the 280ZX Z31 was just always one of those middle children vehicles mm-hmm. that was just in and in, in never got the love that it deserved. Because quite honestly, the right. Z31 is a great vehicle. 280ZX, yes. also a great vehicle. It's just styling. It's one of those things that you got to love it or you either love it or you or it's an acquired it's an acquired taste or you're just not into it. Well, like now, you said, the yeah. Z31s, though. They they were coming out with their value, you know. Obviously, it started with the Shiros, um, and then yeah. from there it moved on to the anniversaries uh, for the Z31 community. 280ZXs were just kind of always, you know, the black and the golds were obviously the first most sought after, and then everything after that it was just going yeah. that. But you know that the market is changing when the two plus twos, in either one of those platforms, are start worth are are you're like 
that went for like that went for a couple extra thousand dollars yeah and yeah. when they're finally start worth something when they finally start seeing them worth something then you're like whoa 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 yes that's <laughs> your that's your canary in a coal mine for value <laughs> in, in my opinion because it happens like that yeah, you know yeah. um when you start seeing the two plus twos for any model if they ever made it 300dx is the same thing the z32s they were never really they were always worth well, something, but the two plus twos, when you start seeing the two plus twos worth something, next thing I you know. Think, nah, yeah. you know, I'm, okay. Am I wrong? We're kind, we're kind of creeping off the main thing, but when it comes to Z32s, I, I kind of feel like the people that might try to sell a two plus two uh, non-turbo automatic uh, or something like that, you know, um, I can see you cringe already. Yeah, I th- because there were so many different versions of the Z32, oh. non-turbo, turbo, automatic standard, two-seater, four-seater, T-top, slick-top. I mean, three-wheel. Go ahead. People, the people, there are people that are less informed and think that their non-turbo automatic two plus two holds the same value as a twin turbo. You are going by th- public stupidity? Huge, I didn't really? say that. You did. No. <laughs> there's a wide, there's a, there's a spectrum of high to low convertible as well. Yeah, John just chimed in on that as well. There are so many different versions of the Z32 that for those who aren't informed, mm-hmm. they think that the car that's on the lower end of the spectrum actually qualifies it... as some of the higher end, you know. You mean my, my 2 yeah. plus 2 is the same thing as that twin turbo thing you got going on right there? Yeah. Oh, All right, um, so moving along, anyway, well, we're we're we're, we're shifting focus, and my apologies, yeah, yes. I'm good at that. I'm good yes, at shifting are. focus, but um, <laughs> yeah. So originally we talked about the this vehicle on Bring yes. a Trailer, and it went up for auction. And obviously we're talking. And if you listen to our last episode, last episode, we talked about the Tom Cruise Z31. It was actually to their to their benefit. It was actually a fully restored vehicle. Yes. There was a couple little aspects on it that were a little hot boyish, but for the most part, it was a fully restored vehicle to the best of our knowledge. Now, yes. here's the fun part. We kind of took bets on what we thought it was going to be as far as a total sell amount. And I think I, I, I originally, I thought it was going to go like 25, 30,000. And that's me just thinking that like these crazy rich California guys going to be like Tom Cruise. I love him. Boom. And he's going <laughs> to throw it out there. Just, one night he's at the bar and he's just like, I made a bunch of crypto money. Bam. And he's just like, <laughs> throw it out. I'm just going to buy Tom Cruise's old Z31 planters Z31. Yeah, now yeah. I was completely wrong. Tell him, hit him. Let's go with it, man. So to sum up uh, the auction uh, of the Tom Cruise Nissan 300 ZX uh, Z31. Uh, that was yes. Okay. Uh, here you go, guys. I'm going to show it to you right now. It sold for a hundred and two thousand two hundred dollars, over a hundred thousand dollars for this particular uh, Z here. Uh, again, restored uh, a number of things. Again, this is off a of Bringer trailer. There were a total of ninety nine bids that took place uh, for this car. Um, it again, this wasn't too long ago that it, that it sold. I was told that there was a pretty uh, amazing pretty legendary bidding war between two people in particular uh screen names art in motion and screen name james dean 550 
we're going at it. Um, based on the comments that I read <coughs> from here, that a lot of people were calling it one of the most enjoyable auctions to witness. That's what they said. Uh, they were just one up each. This might have been a pissing match at this point, man. I mean, sure, a, a little bit, but I mean at the same time, it is. I mean, let's just say it's it, a qualified car. Uh, ultimately, uh, screen name uh, Art in Motion won. Uh, the $102,000. How much do you want to bet that was uh, Tom Cruise's uh, handle and he bought his own damn car back? Uh, uh, well, you know, we were speculating We, we talked earlier. about this. Yeah, we speculated yeah. that he bought his car back, you know? Yeah, it's I don't true. Know. Uh, Jerry Maguire will not be uh, undone. I'm just saying he was going to get his the, ride back. It's got the analog dash. It's It's... It's that's uh not even the digital dash. He's got the turbo V6, which makes C31. It's a collector's right? car. Now, now here's the question: hmm. You paid an astronomical amount of money for this car, and it is cool. I mean, it, it's a cool factor car. In five years from now, will it ascend in value? <sighs> Can you see it being worth one hundred fifty thousand dollars in five years from now? Uh, I think it has to be, man. I don't know. I mean, dude, think it in, has to be. in this economy, like things are going <laughs> nuts. So yeah, I, I believe it, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> All right. Well, my apologies. I didn't mean to hit you from sideways, but yeah, I mean, kudos to uh, the guy who just, uh, well, I was going to say buy himself a house, but not in this economy. So the uh, <laughs> guy who just bought himself a tiny house in California, maybe, I don't know, probably not. Right. So, right, but right. kudos. So yes, uh, on that, that note, yes, that, yeah. that wraps up news. Uh, but uh, what kind of, what kind of comments we got, man? Let's, let's do some, let's do some comments, man. We'll let you do been, some crowd work. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, go for it. Let's say here, uh, a lot of you guys chiming in about the number of different variations of Z car. Of course, talking about, one that we didn't mention, left-hand drive, right-hand drive. Uh, it says here, uh, which two plus two all? <laughs> uh, we got here uh, convertible. We did talk about the convertible there for a second. Uh, Mr. Papa Sergio did say his 82 Turbo was his first Aww. and very much wants it again. Uh, go steal it. Good. Let's go. If you find where it is, we'll go. St- I'm just... Don't don't listen to me at this point in the show, uh, Mr. Papa Sergio. But, you know, if you need... If you need uh, uh, if you need a lookout, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, your brother commented, oh, never mind. <laughs> I don't know if we could say that on the show. Eh, we'll say it. Why not? Right. We're not under any licensing or anything just yet. Talking so. about, uh, yeah. Well, that's true. Well, we were talking earlier, too. One of the reasons that Tom Cruise was uh, working with um, uh, racing in general and having worked with Paul Newman was that he was preparing for... Uh, Days of Thunder, which the name was it, Dick Trickle? It was Cole Trickle. Cole Trickle. Your brother totally got That's, you right now. Yeah, 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 Dick yeah Trickle. exactly. Dick Trickle was an actual name of a race car drive. That's an, that's an actual name of a race car driver. Yeah, yeah. Look it up. I'm not lying. I'm to you. not. I'm not gonna look it up. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Pretty sure I'm gonna end up on a website that I'm probably gonna get in trouble for looking at. So negative. You're gonna so, be on the NSA's list. Uh, yeah. a, it's a dark ooh, web ooh, site. Ooh, Would you like to switch to the dark web? No. No. No, I don't. No. <laughs> Moving. Well, well, speaking on. of motorsports, yeah. <laughs> speaking of motorsports, uh, on to Dick Trickle news. Um, so, uh, talking a little bit about motorsports, uh, we're going to cover a little bit on super GT, 
um, this week, and I will um, still steering wheel, and I'll Go give you some. I'll run some background noise, if you will, um, on that. But um, yeah, Super GT just had a uh, a race um, here recently. Um, so round five was in uh, Suzuka. Let's see here. I'll just kind of run this in the background and give you guys updated as I kind of move through it. But uh, round five was at uh, Suzuka Circuit um, here. That was on the 27th of last month. Um, not too bad. Uh, honestly, a, a good day all around for Nissan. Um, we've had better. Um, but again, um, just. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm going to get that running for you guys. Um, starting off the day, uh, let's go into the 500 series. Um, you know, at practice, uh, the Molto Altec Z wasn't uh, doing too bad. Actually came, um, was placing and pacing around second place. Craft Sports Molto Z was pacing around fourth. And the Advan Z was coming around uh, sixth place. Calsonic Impul, who basically had an amazing showing the uh, round four um was sitting around eighth um for 300 in practice uh, for the 300 series of practice um really not much was going on to realize uh nissan mechanic uh challenge gtr was sitting around fourth um and really that's about all that was noteworthy as the day went on on the 27th for qualifying uh the motul altec z actually sat up the top of the pole um, um, within a few seconds of the next leader, there was the NSX and then, uh, the NSXs, there was a, uh, a Stemo and a Red Bull, uh, Motul NSX and then f- work our way down in Nissan news. The Advan Z ended up going in second and a sixth place. My apologies. And the Craft Sports Motul Z in ninth, the Calsonic Impul Z all the way down at the bottom of the list, fifteenth oh, place. This is qualifying, so so what, it's okay. Was it? Oh, qualifying. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Uh, they just the car wasn't running the way it needed to. Um, it wasn't one of those DNR. They just needed to get the vehicle kind of uh, laid out the right way. Okay. Now on the three hundred class, uh, the Gainer GTR um ended up um taking first in qualifying. Um, in Nissan news, the realized Nissan Mechanic Challenge GTR um, slipped a little bit, went down into fourth place. Now, on race day, which was uh, Sunday, the 28th, um, we can talk a little bit about the 500 series. Calsonic uh, Impul Z ended up pulling it out again, taking first place. Now, um, hell of a run. If you want to go back and check that out, uh, we, I believe, I don't know if we made that available, but we'll try to make that. But again, uh, from last round to this round, um, they were doing great. We uh, Nothing but um, excitement that was uh, talking about that, that uh, series. Um, now, going into the 300 um, mm-hmm. class, the Tanax Gator GTR um, slipped a little bit, ended up taking second. Moving down the line um, on the 300 class, the Realize went all the way and slipped all the way down into 13th place. Mm. So overall, um, not a bad racing day. Um, if we can get you past these commercials, I will give you a little bit of footage. But we'll continue to move on with coverage for the uh, for the week um, as we move forward. Um, excuse me, coverage for the series as we move through forward. Now, round six uh, will actually be this upcoming weekend in Sugo. Um, we've got two more races after that, round seven and round eight. Um, 
Round seven, Otopolis. Round eight, ending the series in Moteji. Um, so we'll keep you updated as we move forward with the next races here. Um, other than that, that's everything that I've have um, for Super GT at this time. <clears throat> gotcha, man. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so round six, two more rounds to. So round six is this weekend. Two more rounds left for the season. That's correct. Overall, I think Nissan's been doing really good. I mean, I know there was a huge push, especially when the round when the season began because of the new Z car. Uh, and, uh, I know we were even talking about how the, the Calsonic, uh, car, uh, had a, an amazing win. Uh, yeah, that was, that round. was great to, to fight all the way back from the back of the pack. Yeah. Um, after having just a, a hiccup in the middle of the race and then make its way over yep. and make its way all the way to the back of the, the front of the pack and then went and take that. That was by far, that's probably one of the better races I've ever seen. Um, in super GT, probably this year or the last year, it, it really was, uh, really was a good race. So if you get a chance, I would definitely go check that out this one was good too, as well. Um, but again, I would go check that out. Um, you have a little bit of formula E news to kind of cover. Well, there, actually I was going to say, there's probably, <laughs> there's probably nothing to cover because the series has ended. Is that right? Well, you are, you are right. Uh, the formula E season has ended for Nissan or sorry, ended as a whole, uh, Nissan as a constructor finished ninth out of eleven. Uh, out of 11 constructors, uh, not much happening uh, in the Formula E world uh, until mid-January. So from now until mid-January, in terms of racing and the Nismo team, uh, Formula E team, uh, it's not going to be much to report. Uh, however, you know, the, the Nismo team uh, typically will we'll have some sort of update or post that is in the offseason. Uh, nothing to report here in uh, this uh, two weeks, but uh, I'll definitely be continuing my search for, for new updates uh, for the next season of Formula E. The next season of Formula E is going to be very, very exciting, uh, not only for the league in itself, but also for the, the Nissan uh, Formula E team as well. Uh, we talked about the Gen 3 cars that are coming out uh, that have... Uh, an increase of power. I think they're 25% faster. They're lighter. They've got dual motors this time. So they're no longer rear-wheel drive. They're all-wheel drive formula cars uh, at this point. Uh, McLaren is entering the race. And this time, McLaren and Nissan, they've got a deal. So the McLaren team will be powered by Nissan, which is pretty interesting as well. So you're going to see multiple teams being powered by Nissan, which means we've got more to report here coming in the, in the next seasons. Um, you can see so, on my screen here. Or go ahead. No, oh yeah, go ahead. It's here. You can see on my screen here multiple locations uh, that they're having the races that begin again in January, starting in Mexico City. Uh, you're going through Diria, Hyperbad, uh, Berlin, Monaco, Seoul, Rome, Jakarta. Let me see here. One, two, four, six, eight. 10 different locations uh, that we will see uh, Formula E take place in 2023. So, uh, you know, Formula E is just getting more and more popular, more and more uh, uh, high stakes, I guess you could say. So uh, I think Nissan's definitely in a good spot to be competing in this in this uh, series anyway. All right. Well, um, so on to uh, another series that... Um, ended um, just this uh, last period. So rounds uh, nine and ten for the uh, Nissan Centra Cup mm. are basically over. 
Um, so uh, that series is now ended. So rounds, um, let me see here. That was round nine and 10. That was based at, at the last races were at the Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. Um, okay. That is going to be in Park, Ontario. Um, they actually had finished out the series. Um, and uh, for those that didn't get an opportunity to watch it, we actually showed, we did a link on the uh, podcast Facebook page um, where uh, we did a live episode and uh, and we did show the the race and we're commenting on it um, up until there was a an accident. Um, thankfully, nobody was hurt, but it ended uh, one. Uh, I think it was the round nine is the one that we we had um, kind of commented on live. Um, it ended the race a little early, so the standings kind of took place. But overall, the um, uh, the series is basically done until uh, next year at this time. So uh, your race leaders uh, at this time, and I'll kind of list them out here for you, for the overall driver standings um, with your leader, and she put out a great display um, this last uh, round that we discussed, round nine, um, was uh, Valerie Limoges um, for the Nissan Gabriel and Total Courts uh, with the total, this is all by points, um, she ended up putting down 394 points. Uh, Simone Charbonneau um, uh, coming in second with 373 points. Um, a note for him is he took uh, uh, pole position twice uh, within the series. Alexander 14 uh, with Foy Nissan and Beauport Nissan Fixado vehicle um, with the Sentra um, came in third with uh, 357 points. Um, overall, for your rookie standings, um, Max Poirier, um, who was a newcomer to the series this year um, in the Unicone Motorsports, okay. um, Centra actually put up 115 points. So kudos to him for her first year uh, running in your senior class, Sylvian Ouellet in the yeah. Ouellet Motorsports, self-owned, um, yeah. put down 324 uh, points. Um, as a note now for the micro class who ran coinciding just like the yeah. super GT 500 to 300 class two classes in one race. Yeah, correct. I'll give you your race leaders for that. Those Raphael St. Pierre and the sensei group um, micro 134 points. Francois Angers Rothier um, in the auto club MTL 123 points for second place and Marie Solier Labiel. Hopefully I said that right in the Moussier <laughs> Gilles Venenueve um, uh, Micra actually came in um, in third place with 121 points. Um, so those are your race leaders um, for the uh, for the season. Um, so yeah. Um, wow. But uh, yeah, I mean overall a, a great series. Lots of racing. I love the fact that we're finally starting to see a little more live footage. Um, towards the end there, we were able to kind of capture that and share that uh, with you all as we move forward. Yeah. Um, we'll uh, continue to keep you abreast as we go into the next race season um, and it kind of unfolds for us. So hopefully, I, like just like you mentioned, the the coverage uh, from those that are at the race, uh, the, the media team uh, seems to be making improvements. So that's going to help us report to you guys about this as well. So. Uh, hopefully, yes. they, yeah, they take some improvements. And, yeah. As soon as we know something, we'll, we'll uh, definitely let you know as we continue to move on with uh, with the uh, seasons and as news unfolds for that. Um, moving down the line, um, me and Mike kind of talked about doing a, a shut up and take my money this episode, but I feel like 
there's a lot more news that came out in the last week here. Um, a lot of products for me in the Datsun and Nissan world was dropped in the last week. And there was so much content that kind of fell on our laps this week <laughs> that we're just like, ah, let's go ahead and sort through all this because I felt like a lot of guys were pushing to market a lot of stuff for JCCS oh. and maybe just trying to get it out before the, um, before the end of the year comes around and these Thanksgiving money starts making, you know, the black Fridays and stuff, if you will. So people are trying to get stuff out to market. So we're going to talk probably the next episode or the next episode after that, we're going to have a really, really big article to kind of talk about um, new product yep. that's going to come on. So um, I did want to kind of talk a little bit about um, back alley. Hmm. Um, so we haven't done for one of those in a minute and I, I feel like I want to do it. We've got enough time here. We'll, we, we'll try not to run two over. Um, if that works for you, Mike, um, but that works good. Yes. Yes. So, I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. And we kind of talked a little offline about, um, I had recently attended a seminar yeah. and it kind of got my wheels turning about, uh, things that were happening in, in, in my industry, in the insurance industry and, and what's going to be happening with the future of automated vehicles. That's pretty much what this seminar was, if you will. Um, because, you know, people want to know, okay, with the future of automotive driving, um, how is that going to really be changing the game for insurance? And basically, how is it going to affect the average Joe, the the car enthusiast, or maybe just the car owner in the future? Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, so I had been sitting through this and, and it really went into in depth and about what's going to be happening for the future. And we're going to talk about a lot of information here in the next few moments. And if you <laughs> keyboard warriors out there want to get your, you, you want to start flexing your fingers and get out there and you want to just contribute with some good questions. This is probably the time where we're going to throw a lot of what ifs and uh, what the future is basically going to be rolling out um, for the, uh, for the next generations. You're so saying at, that there's going to be more than my uh, atmospheric elevation horsepower <laughs> presentation. I, I would say we probably have a little bit more to kind of cover that. So again, I went into a recent presentation where it was talking about, you know, how is the future of, of automated driving going to be affecting the car insurance world? Cause you know, here in our world, we're like, okay, does car insurance just go away? You know, um, if everything well, perfect, becomes, of course, right. It, yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. There could never be a problem. So that was, you know, people were kind of scoffed and that's what we're kind of in the insurance industry. We're just like, people are always going to need us for some respect in, in some in regards. But the funny thing about it is, you know, if that whole industry in a sense crashes, who takes on these insurance liabilities or, uh, from that point is, is the car manufacturer basically going to be willing to, um, supply you with an insurance policy, or are they going to farm it out to a subsidiary just like that? You know, um, yeah. that in, how is that going to be affecting insurance costs? Are insurance costs going to be going up or insurance costs going to be going down? Are car manufacturers going to stick it to you in the fact that they had to put all this money for R and D and development? Um, on this aspect of for, for self-driving and to keep up with those regulations that you are going to feel it on the backside with insurance pricing, if it was going to be coming from something like that. Yeah. So that's one of the first questions that kind of uh, came up, you know, how is that going to change? Now, the other thing too, 
is you have to consider in a self-driving world, which is years off for us. You know, I'll probably be dead and buried hopefully by then. <laughs> and <laughs> um, <you> say. <laughs> hopefully by then, you know, who takes on risk allocation, who takes on liability. Now, another thing is, is how quickly and what's the evolution of that. Now, yeah. in self-automated worlds, you know, is it just day one, the switch is churned and everything's automated at that point? Or do we start seeing small little aspects of automation make its way? Talking to people that I know that are in the industry and going to things like this, yeah. semi-trucks are a big thing where they're trying to automate now. Now, would oh, yeah. you automate the highway systems or oh, carav caravan pulling? Man. Or are, you, are they making separate highway systems for just these, the reason why you would have to do something like that is because self-driving systems are are not necessarily inherently smart with adapting to the road and the settings and and the changes in in what's happening with the road conditions. The thing is, you have to have safety systems, or potentially they're talking about safety systems being needed in place, which is basically things that are buried in the ground that keep these vehicles in lane or some type of adaptive system that's put in place that again, keeps these vehicles in lane. So we're talking about a huge right. substantial cost and change in, in the way that we know that our high, uh, the way we see our highway systems existing right now. Now that oh. has to be paid by somebody. And I can assure you right now, companies that are putting in development for vehicle development for automation, are not going to be doing anything with highway systems. They are going to wipe their hands with it. So who pays for highway system adaptation for safe driving? That comes down to you and me as owners, taxpayers. taxpayers. So how quickly does that happen? How does the political aspect come into play? How is the fight that goes into it? There are so many questions to this coin and I'm really just asking you question over question. Well, yeah, question. I was like, I, I, I'm writing notes right now, trying to figure out how yeah. I'm going to address them. I'm like, there are and I don't, so and many I, and I know, parts. And I know. So let's go back to this. You know, what is the first step in auto, an automated world? And would you... It's, it's already happening. I think it, the phases... I mean, you're talking about Nissan's 360 shield or, you know, the, the automatic braking, you know, when you make a mistake and maybe you don't see the car brake check you, the car will stop. That's, that's already like a, a particular progressive stage leading to there. So there right? in that thing, in that, in that, uh, seminar that I was talking to, yeah. it talks about where we are and what are the, what are the seven levels that it's going to take seven the basic levels. seven levels wow. to get to that point. And, you know, it's like anti-drowsy technology, um, anti, anti, um, swaying, like lane changing, um, technologies, which is where we're kind of at right now. Yeah. Um, it's just alert, uh, alert functions glorified. So out of seven, sorry, let me do my math here. Uh, out of seven, um, to get uh, to get to that, we are really kind of just touching the cresp of pr pretty much level three, um, okay. which we're just getting automated alert systems. And then it's really having a full confidence in AI systems, which is where which is where the trust factor comes in. And then after that, it's 
Um, yeah. You'll have innovations that come in through, sadly, are going to happen through mistakes, through the through accidents, through yeah. the loss of lives, through the loss it's already, of. It's already been happening. You get those dudes that think that it's that it's all here now, and then they take a nap in the driver's seat. I'm like, and then yeah. you know, yeah. What a world sad. we live in. And then, yeah, what a great but, time to be alive! And bam, what a great time it. to be. We got on the moon. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but it, but the reality is we're we're afar off from that. So it really comes comes down to, you know the, you know how far are we off, and what is the expectation for the average car owner? I could tell you right now, as we get into it, and I and I don't like to do this as a scare tactic or to show to to give a preference for my industry versus wanting to keep to the old ways. I really do think that this is the, an eventuality that's going to happen now in my generation, maybe, you know, do I think, do I think the funeral vehicle that's going to be taking my coffin is going to be self-automated to the, uh, you know, to the old, uh, to the graveyard? Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll be able, that's how I'll see it. But the reality is our children will, will get to that. So they're going to be paying for the infrastructure for everything for the automated worlds. But I really think that we're probably about 25 to 30 years off from that. Um, we probably won't have this podcast by then. I don't know if they were right. But, uh, you know, I guess I'm going to propose this question to you because I'm doing a lot of talking. Yes. But how acceptable are you with tax change? to pay for and I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give you a small dynamic. Would you be willing to start paying more taxes to get truckings uh, to to self-automated trucking and and caravan laning automated in the next 3 to 5 years? I two questions one would be how much and secondly well, it's I, political. It'll be political at that point. You're voting yeah. it in. You know, I, people will fight it, um, you know, because we're going through a I, really big I, changing world right now. I think when you mentioned the trucking, there's so much risk in that, especially just the weight. The the quality of the brakes need to be so more, so much more But if robust. it's all – if it's trucking lanes and solely trucking lanes? It's going to take a lot of uh, con congestion, congestion out of our mm -hmm. lanes – uh, so it, you like, know what's yeah, funny yeah, yeah. dual layered yeah. bridges you know what i mean like how are you well, are they integrating so, you know uh, yeah. i mean traffic control has been a, a huge undertaking for for any highway system uh you know any and, and there's departments that deal with this and a lot of smart people that work on these situations um you know, one thing that they talked about when it was in the seminar is like, okay, everything's automated. You can get up in the morning and you can just start your job while you're in your little automated pod vehicle yeah. and you don't have to really pay attention to anything and you're just sitting there along for the ride. Basically, so well, it's, yeah. it's kind of like a, it's like a conductor on a train. You're not, yeah. you're not pressing the gas, but you're monitoring. You're, 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 you're that's it. You're just moving yeah. along now. The other thing is it's trending. So let, let's, we talk a little bit about trending now that everything is automated and you're just really working from your vehicle and then stepping out of your vehicle and walking into the building and going from there. Now 
the trend is if automation for vehicles is so much easier on people, does that increase the congestion ratios for the highway systems now that driving is basically a lot more simplified for people, if you will? I, it's, I see it from both sides because automation is going to make those lane changes, those transfers. Uh, there are a lot of these, there are a lot of drivers in this world that just aren't confident or they're cautious or not as alert, like you said. And, and maybe it's, maybe they're being, maybe they're giving a hundred percent of their attention, but their reactions are slow or this, their driving behavior. And so automation is going to hopefully take that out of the equation. You know, the, these, these, so synchronizing is going to be so much more smooth and efficient. Let me ask you something now, right now, and I'm going to open this up to the chat right now, you and me as drivers, anybody listening right now, you've developed a skill set for driving through experience, through education. Now, once you become automated, say I take 60% of your driving time frame your windshield time i take it away from you is that a deteriorating skill set so if i get if i take away 60 percent of your drive time right now where you're not driving you're just sitting back working on your laptop or something yeah and you only drive about 40 percent of the time you drive now do you think that you're going to have a deteriorating skill set for recognizing lane changes recognize uh, potential um concerning issues um, catching, catching concerns ahead, um, to you, uh, accident avoidance, like, if you will. like any muscle that doesn't get use, it's going to weaken. So mm -hmm. uh, yes, some for sure. And then I, the other part of me thinks it's like riding a bike, you know, kind of like that where I would say gonna, too. Yeah. There's a lot of basic muscle memory, fundamentals, yeah. muscle memories. Yeah. So, so yes, the answer, my answer would be yes, but not as much as you think. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. weird sitting through this seminar was like. I went with so many questions yeah. and I left with 50 <laughs> times more, more than, than what I had, but, uh, uh, but it's it. But these are the type of things that you need to think about in the future. These are intriguing questions of, you know, what the future is going to lie. I mean, nobody knows and we will know when we're there, but the reality is these are the things that we have to kind of think about. What are the problems associated with that? A lot of really smart people kind of trying to come up with that. So when you yeah. think of innovations that are coming out and we see those, you know, you have to kind of take them with a grain of salt and yeah. see it's, it's amazing, but is it adaptive? Is it going to work in the world that we're, we're building up or evolving to? So, yeah. yeah. Two things that I know that I wrote here as, as you were talking, one is when it comes to freight, uh, semi, uh, track trucks, uh, you know, tra transporting, um, you know, these trailers, I remember a, a, an old um, presentation. It was, a, it was a Tesla presentation where they were saying that they were going to improve. A, a big reason why trucks, uh, one, one of their flaws is their lack of acceleration. And so when, when uh, trucks become EVs, uh, semi-trucks become EV, their acceleration is going to increase dramatically, uh, you know, from zero to 60, from 16, it cut it in half. Let's just say that. Well, from 16 I mean, you're always going to have regu regulations for highway speeds. Yeah. And that's one thing that will never change. Those are going to be right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you step into, 
we could see, you know, and this is all going to be state by state. I'm talking from, from off the line, like from off a the stoplight. Oh, off, I see from what a you stoplight, mean. Yeah. they're going to be able to get to cruising speed, you know, twice. Uh, wow, twice the torque factors. Right yes, there. yes. So, so that I think that's going to relieve a lot of congestion, but also you, I think. I was wondering where is automation going to be used? Is it going to? St- I, I would imagine it's starting on small roads, highway because it's such more more of a liability. Think, That's going to be one of the later steps. I think you'll. And this is me, and this is my opinion. In no way, shape, or form is it right or provable. Harold, um, let's see here. Um, the reality is, I think you'll probably have a test market. Yeah. That'll probably happen like anything else, you know, to, to limit liability in case there is a situation or an incident. Um, but I would think you would you would start seeing them in small markets, small trade routes, um, you know, uh, point A, point B, no deviation kind of thing for the yeah. trucking industry. When it comes to cars and, and things like that, mm-hmm. I would think they will do it and then they would limit for for people like us, for yeah. the human factor. I think what they'll do is they'll limit it by speed and then just make it automated and use that as a test market somewhere. Um, and then from there, we'll take all the feedback, the innovation, analysts will crunch all the numbers, and then we'll kind of go from there. But um, I did want to take some chat. I know we're throwing a lot of data out here. Some people were kind of – maybe this is way above – <laughs> what we intended to talk about but this is the kind of stuff that me and mike kind of talk about when we're offline um Believe doing not, doing this and that but yeah. uh bert um early on said yeah when the car is driving who is liable i mean it's a it's a big question and and that liability is basically risk so now insurance companies is how much risk do they want to take on you know is this something has the market changed to a point where we say you know what we're cashing out. We're no longer an insurance carrier. We've had a good time period. Well, um, and then, you know, uh, does a manufacturer go from there? But when accidents happen with manufacturers, they call it a manufacturer defect. And yeah. there's, just to give you some insight, there's a manufacturer defect warranty claim. And then you potentially have a uh, uh, an insurance claim that can collect or subrogate against a, yeah. um, against a manufacturer's defect warranty. Um, and so, yeah, uh, liabilities like, remember the Prius happened a, while, a number of years back where it was, um, the pedal. yeah, the pedal situation yeah. that was a manufacturer, probably one of the most famous, um, uh, hybrid, yeah. uh, uh, lawsuits that in that kind of happened, a manufacturing yeah. warranty yeah. concern. And that's how it started off life and went on from there. But, uh, yeah, to answer your question, liability is always one of those things who is liable you know and that's that 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 shapes the world uh, like you said it's automation it's automation which makes me feel that yeah you are co-driving with the manufacturer the person who designed that software so that's where i see yeah where if the manufacturer became the insurer as well you're you're, you're, i I can't see that happening i i i it's just too much liability. You're taking it on for uh, for regulations for strength yeah. and rigidity and safety. Now you're also taking on the liability yeah. for for the actions that person does in the vehicle. It's yeah. crazy. Well, it said in theory, 
it sounds like it works, but also in theory, communism works. So, <laughs> sir, in sir. theory, and in uh, practice, oh, we just we lost our whole we, all, we lost our whole communist community. Uh, oh, Nissan, no. Nissan, again, uh, hey, where's the humor? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, but I'm being serious though, like because if you can, <laughs> just... if you're if you're, the idea of of automated driving is essentially co-driving with the manufacturer, then. If the manufacturer was also the insurer, you would think it, it was like a streamlining of duties. But I don't see it being that simple. I think there needs to be somebody in between. So, yeah, yes, I, think I don't see automotive insurance going away because of this. It, in fact, it's going to be more – they're going to need more people in the industry to, to be doing the detective work, the investigating, the, the casework. Maybe. Oh, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, Harold says, uh, the good thing about this is what he's saying is uh, stop the Mustangs from wiping out crowds when they leave a Cars and Coffee. <laughs> All right. Good point. Um, Bert said push button burnouts. Push button burn. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, why not? They're already doing it now in the ludicrous speed option for Tesla. So sure. Uh, yeah. Bert with one more, maybe don't need any trucks or highways, just modernizing our rail systems just for cargo stuff. You know, I would probably agree. Um, I have always been a huge proponent of, um, better, uh, human, tra uh, human transportation, better, uh, tra uh, public transportation. I'm a human huge proponent Human, human, trans tra human, human trafficking. Human trafficking. I've always been a huge proponent of human trafficking. Um, no, actually, <laughs> the, good, of, the good uh, kind. The good kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only the good kind. Obviously, we're talking about the skin trade. Just kidding. <laughs> Moving on. I do not. We do not condone yes. any of that or promote that. But yes, yeah, getting back words. to yes, you know what backpedal. I meant. Backpedal. Moving on. All right. Um, to um, uh, to public transportation, yeah. Uh, busing systems, train system. Man, I really wish there was more dollars that were put into public transportation for train systems. But that's just me. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to get off my horse. Let's move on. Uh, we still got some events that we got to cover. Um, now, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, a recent event that came up. Um, and we talked about making it this year. Unfortunately, we did not. And that was JCCS. Um, go ahead and give me that steering wheel, Mike. Um, sure. Now, we did not attend. Uh, me, Mike, and even Ion, um, our intern, uh, were talking about making it this last year, um, but we didn't get a chance. Now, Ben Pila uh, Jr., um, who's a good friend of the show, um, he actually did attend JCCS this year, took some amazing footage, and uh, he sent us a bunch of shots and he said, yeah, you can use this for the podcast if you want. Cool. Uh, but he actually covered the event. And I just want to kind of give you some shots here and run through them. Because I think next year, we're making this, Mike. No, we um, have to. These video, these pictures really show how, how nice of an event that's that's put together and, and uh, the other level of it. Yeah. And so uh, just to give you some insight on this one, this is actually uh, for JCCS. This is actually the Nissan Z booth if you will they've got the new uh z out and they had some goodies out as well they had the uh, uh an smz uh z32 that they oh, wow. broke out of mothballs um and uh put that up you can see obviously the uh, new z in the background um again great shot to ben um they broke out a hard body, hard body. Um, I, I would think obviously because the new frontier is out there as well but they broke out this uh, this beautiful um, V6 edition hard body, little four by four. 
Um, and then of course they broke out this beautiful Datsun truck. Um, yeah, I've seen this vehicle numerous times over the years. Yeah. Um, I saw this in the back of one of the Titans. Remember that? Um, I do one remember of the that. Yes, uh, Jeremy yes, yes. Stilwell, who ran the uh, Heritage Museum, was nice enough to let me sit in this for a while. And I think I, I got to turn it on and kind of rev it up a couple of times. But I absolutely love this vehicle. It's in the Heritage Museum. If you ever get a chance to check out the Heritage Museum when you're in Tennessee and they let you do it, go for it. Once in a lifetime type of thing. Now, Ben uh, is actually here uh, featured uh, to the left. And of yeah. course, to the right, we know who that is. Mr. Peter Brock. There you go, yeah. man. Some Very cool guy. Signing uh, autographs. Yeah, he like made his way there. out and he was uh, signing autographs for everybody out there. Um, so a very cool opportunity if you were able to make that. Uh, running through it, I mean, these are going to be all photos of just an amazing amount of cars that were out there. A lot of Nissan love. Obviously, you got a Hako here and, an, uh, and the little uh, S30. Let me see here now. That doesn't take away from the fact that there was some amazing um, other uh, S12s that were out there too as well. Um, mm. I absolutely love uh, some of these cars out there. Some other variations. Z31, great. <laughs> a, a great version of a, uh, a police vehicle in the Z31 uh, platform. Cool. I love this vehicle. Let me see here. And is that a Shiro? Was that a Shiro? Uh, uh, that was a Shiro, yeah. Nice. Very cool. It looks, looks like it, yeah. An R32, R33, Midnight Purple, R31. Sedan. Now, look sedan. at that. A can of Mary in the back. Oh, there you go. Very. Yeah. I mean, dude, they, they, the finest examples of the most rarest models yeah. always find their way at JCCS. Yeah, and, that makes and it a big reason to go. And honestly, it's to me, it's one of the best shows. Um, there's uh, this is that uh, a Pandem kit. I'm actually I gotta buy this for one. You got your uh, eye on that, yeah. I've been trying to buy this Pandem kit for a while. I just haven't had an opportunity to get around to actually buying it. Um, one of these days, I'll buy it. I yeah. promise. So if you um, stop buying Xteras, maybe you'd have. If I stop buying Xteras, maybe I'll sell the Xteras <laughs> and just get flush with body kits. But I still love that body kit. There you go. I think it just sets off the 620 moving along yeah um this car actually made its way out um apparently this is powered by a ka um series engine uh but this i i'm not sure i heard a rumor that this was owned um by um the gentleman who owns techno toys I could oh, be wrong i heard okay but I, go ahead no go ahead no 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 uh i, I want to say i saw a post it was this very picture and uh uh, I want to say that it was on the Techno Toy Tuning. Uh, a very cool-ass vehicle. I mean, here's another back shot of it. I would think it is Techno Toys. Uh, you know what it is? It's Techno Toys because there's their logo right there. So yep. there. I guess I answered my own question. So, there oh, there it is. So, Oh, very cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, one thing that Ben did is he actually tried to talk to a lot of the vendors that were Nissan specific um, and then uh, just kind of talking, talking with them and, and promoting them. That's uh, I think that's the JDM Legends vehicle. Let me see here. One of their cars. They always seem to make it out there. Of course, yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt it. And then just kind of going back to the old uh, the uh, 240S platforms. I mean, just great executions overall to me. That's just I don't know. I still think that I know these guys have been destroying the S chassis for the longest time, <laughs> the Drift Kids and the Hot Boys, but I really think that 
clean examples like this are going to be what the standard is for high value uh, S chassis in the future. I don't know. Just clean me. examples is keyword. Yeah. Oh. S uh, S12 that S12 yeah uh, yeah S12 I just I've been dying for one of these yeah I just I gave up my hope <laughs> <laughs> they're hard it's to a, find man they definitely are yeah. hard to find great examples yeah yeah uh, cool man, man. but yeah I'm gonna give you a few more here um this car I actually saw in Colorado Springs uh, it's there's a lot of detail in that car that you just don't see slick top. The hood's a super rare hood. Those wheels are like a custom one-off wheel. The um, Everything on that vehicle is just JDM headlights, um, carbon square uh, mirrors. I saw this car, and and I'm, I'm a Z32 nerd. Yes, you are. But I saw this we vehicle, and I stopped. And I was actually talking with Brian Highcotter, and we were Brian's also an XZ32 guy and we just got to talking and we were looking at this car for like the better part of 30 minutes. And then Randy Rodriguez walked up and apparently this is Randy Rodriguez's Three, best friend's vehicles. 370 Z designer. Randy Rodriguez. Yeah. 370 yeah. Z. And, and uh, we started talking about this car and uh, then we just started nerding out about it, knocking a bunch of details and stuff. So yeah, great vehicle. I love absolutely one of my favorite Z32s. Um, and then uh, we're getting close. Um, and Kyusha House was out there, Taco uh, to the left, Ben Pila to the right. Um, for those that don't know, Carb Master, um, if you need anything else in the uh, in your Datsun done, uh, he's the man to get that done. And then, of course, there's Ben with uh, Peter Brock. Peter Brock. So, nice. again, uh, thanks to Ben for sharing all this with us. Um, great footage. Um, yeah. So, uh, just want to give a shout out to that. Um, a few now, uh, let's go ahead and talk about current up, upcoming events that are coming out. Cool. Now, Mike, uh, you were going to be talking a little bit about Misfest. Is that right? Yeah. I've got two events here that we're going to talk about upcoming, uh, in the month of October. So you guys got a little bit of time. Go ahead and make those preparations and, uh, let's go ahead and talk about them. First one I want to talk about here is Nice Fest. Uh, this is being labeled as California's premier Nissan car show uh, taking place October 9th from noon to 6 at Irwindale Speedway. That's in California. Uh, go to their website here, nicefest.com. They will give you a full rundown of the events that are happening uh, during that show. Uh, such examples uh, include car show, drifting show, uh, cash prizes, giveaways, mobile dyno, Drift, ride-alongs, music models, foods, drink. An overall good time, I think. Uh, now, you can go to their site one more time, nicefest.com. It'll give you more information regarding uh, pricing, uh, registration uh, of your car. Again, it's a Nissan-specific car show. That's right down our alley uh, to, to promote a, a, a show of this type. Uh, on the West Coast, I mean, aside from JCCS, we haven't had very many other West Coast car events happening. So I'm actually really happy to to report on this one. Uh, so we wish them luck, man. They seem like a pretty cool, uh, you know, group of guys. So that's uh, looking forward to that anyway. Uh, the second event I want to sh share, this actually came, uh, I've got a flyer right here. Uh, this comes from... Uh, of course, your, our buddies at, uh, at Z1 Motorsports on the East Coast, Atlanta area to be specific. We're talking about the 2022 Z Nationals happening October 21st and 22nd. This is a two-day event. 
day one is a track day happening at Atlanta Motorsports Park. And the second day is a car show uh, at the Z1 headquarters. Those pictures we shared in the beginning, that nice new building. Again, actually happening there. This is a open house. Uh, typically, tours of the uh, facility uh, go on at the place. And while we're at it, out in front of the show, uh, in front of the building, you've got car shows. Uh, typically, there is also a dyno event happening at the same time. Uh, vendors, lots of vendors will be making their way out to Z1 uh, to display their their product. Um, a big, big item that. Z1 likes to promote at Z Nationals is the, the huge amounts of product that gets raffled away. Uh, if you're really looking for a good deal, start saving up your money now and participate in those raffles. That's always a big one uh, at Z Nationals. Uh, you might call it a favorite for a lot of people. Uh, typically at Z Nationals, they have a kind of like after party uh, in the town that they're based out of, and they typically hire some really good music acts too. So, uh, uh, there's more information. You can go to znationals.com to learn more information on that. Also, to register uh, and get more details on that event. Uh, check it out again one more time. znationals.com. Right, and that cool. is events. Um, actually, I wanted to give a little shout-out here um, since he's actually with us tonight. Um, Keith uh, Nefach actually just uh, joined on with us tonight. Um, and I'm going to take you a little bit back here, Mike. Remember we went to the uh, 240Z Guild yeah. um, a while back? Now, as we were panning through uh, some of the posters on the wall, uh, Keith mentioned that one of those posters happened to be something that he de he developed. Oh. Um, and so we started talking through Messenger, and I told him, make more damn posters because uh, it was a <laughs> cool ass poster so uh he started talking about his passions and i wanted to give him a little shout out um and for his actual own project um so cool. if uh first off keith get off your tail make more cool ass posters <laughs> um and then let us know when they're available and we'll talk about them on shut up and take my money because go. people need to buy more cool ass dots and nissan posters um, and then Mike, give me the steering wheel. And I want to show, um, Keith also wanted to give a shout out. Um, he actually wanted to talk a little bit about his project, um, which was a, um, a patrol. Let's see here one moment. Yeah. And, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about that project that he was, uh, so, uh, in love with, which we, we all got projects and we love it, but this is actually his patrol. And I'm going to run it through really quickly just to give you guys an opportunity to run through it. Oh, my God. No, I don't want to upgrade. Let's see here. <laughs> Let's see here. But uh, these are some of his shots from his project early on. Man, he went toe-to-toe, wow. -to -toe, started doing it all. Uh, and for, forgive me for not knowing uh, – as much on this patrol was that offered in the u.s was that is a low number or was that not in the u.s at all um you could uh, get them um yeah. I, I think they were pretty much a specialty vehicle but I, I don't know if they were actually truly sold in the u.s um you know i'm going to leave it up to keith and some of the other uh nissan nerds to to check me on this but i i could have sworn that it was like an early import but um to me 
Um, I, I mean, it's a hell of a, an amazing vehicle. You got a lot for your money at that time period, but I don't, I don't, I can't recall that, you know, of course this is past my generation, but I can't recall that it was ever sold us, uh, us wise. Um, but somebody check the facts on that. Let me know. And, uh, but again, uh, this is his project as we get uh, closer to the end. I mean, just, just great. Um, a great, uh, option. I mean, it reminds a, a great, me, great amount of yeah. work. There you go. He, he just he just chimed in right now. He says the patrol resold between fifty nine and sixty nine in the United States. Wow, that's oh. again. You're talking about pre. I, mean, I thought it was about... all import, and then that tells you how I didn't know. But um, you know, because to me, growing up as a kid, I never saw them. You know, well, I mean, I, either, I didn't, and that's why I, I asked, probably cause... didn't see my first one until ninety five, ninety four, when I actually yeah. maybe took a notice. Maybe at that time, to be fair. But uh, yeah, it reminds I mean, me of like a, a Toyota Land Cruiser uh, back in the day, like 70s era. Like, yeah, they, they were mean, very, very durable vehicles. So, I mean, I think the patrols probably runs in that same group of uh, a, a vehicle, you know. But I mean, uh, here, but, but kudos to Keith. I mean, he's putting together a, a, an extremely rare vehicle, obviously. And uh, I mean, it's coming along. I think he actually ended up getting to the point where he he completed it. And then, you know, it's here pretty much damn near finished. But kudos to him for restoring that full, full, full project. Blown. Yeah. Full blown project, dude. So. Uh, Bert Matic had a really good uh, piece of information. Always fun to know here. The current patrol is the Nissan Armada in the U.S. Uh, not sure about back then. Uh, well, I think the Armada is a fairly new name, but uh, uh, obviously it shares some sort of family DNA perhaps with uh with the patrol obviously yeah so. yeah very cool um one other thing that uh keith swore me to is to make sure that we uh gave a shout out to his home page which oh. is a uh which is uh go ahead mike let me see here give me the steering wheel one more time let me see here now uh keith told me to give a shout out to uh this forum if you are a friend or a fanatic of the patrol um he said jump on 60patrol.com it is one of the th the forums that are out there that help support that community um me and mike are huge advocates of forums again if you are um if you have a particular motto out there find your forums support them donate money because it takes money to keep those forums going like one of our favorites is twinturbo.net we send them money because guess what? They need money to keep uh, to keep those forums up, to make sure that you're adding content, make sure you're giving cuteful information, because that's how you keep a community together. So again, I can totally respect fa uh, the fact that Keith wanted us to mention this um, uh, this web this uh, particular forum. But again, 60patrol.com. If you get a chance and you're a patrol fan, or you just like to look at cool stuff about patrols, yeah. boom, check well, it out. It's right there. You know, when it comes to, you said, investment and keeping these uh, websites together, you know, there's a lot of money that's required to drive to all the goodwills to find the old computer hardware to, to not just, <laughs> just playing for these forums. You know how much Windows 95 needs to be run to, to, to operate this? No, I'm joking, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean. No, but I you mean, are, we are big proponents of forums. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, any time I see a forum and there's a freaking registry. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? The um, registry is even bigger than that. That yes, that needs to be maintained. It was meant to be maintained because you can't just throw that away. That there's I mean, so much look, value in that. This is yeah. look how much value and data is in here, and you don't want those things to go away. And how do you keep those things um, in? Um, how do you keep them available? And how do you keep information available? You have to keep contributing. You have to support and keep archive of this data. I mean, it couldn't be any more. Um, any more imperative than that, you know? So mm -hmm. you're not going to get it. Photo bucket. I hate to say it, nobody supports photo bucket anymore, but you need to support photo bucket. It's one of the only photo dumps that are still available for everybody. So, yeah, I mean, cool. come on. And this is, this is where we grew up. This is where me and Mike met each other, you know, and yep. uh, back then, you know, this was our, uh, uh, I wouldn't even, <laughs> I'll leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think about the uh, TT the context and yeah, and, and, and yeah. What what discussion or what argument, aka argument, was being hashed out online? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it was like, can I do this? What kind of wheels should I want? Blah blah blah. And it's like, all right, come on. Guys. But again, kudos to uh, forums that are still out there. Um, case in point, this one. Uh, support your local forums, support your communities. Um, on that note, um, we're going to chime in and, and give our normal <laughs> our normal speech about supporting your communities and support us. Jesus Christ, yeah, support yeah. us. Like, share, <laughs> subscribe. If you've got information, uh, just like Keith did, um, where you want to talk about your forum, we want to talk about your project. Hell, let us know. Um, contact us at info at nissannerd.com. Um, again, a uh, shout out to Keith for sharing all the uh, data. And then of course, giving us information online, offline and online. We love that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, Mike, you recently threw a survey out about um, just asking the community, what do you want to see here? Cause we're doing yeah. this all for you for free. Let us know what you want to see. We're trying what? to support your community. Yeah. So my thing behind this was, yes, it's continuous improvement. You know, we've been on as a podcast for over two years now. There are a lot of things that have been working really well, a lot of things we can get better at. But the real true way to figure that out is to hear from you guys. So what we've done is we've set up a uh, Nissan Nerd, uh, uh, let me try and get it here, Nissan Nerd survey. And I'm going to uh, send it here, copy, sorry about that. Uh, essentially, we've set up here um, 12 questions for you guys. If you guys are interested in giving us your feedback, uh, you you want to go ahead and we'll put the link in the show notes. And then I'm also going to put it in the comment section right now. Click on this link and it will take you to a survey. And it's going to give you uh, just, again, some feedback as to what we're trying to look at. Primarily uh, the streaming live like we're doing now. Uh, live versus edited uh you start looking into uh how often the visits what segments you like what segments maybe you don't like as much how long should it be miles we're on two hours we just hit the two hour mark on this podcast yeah i don't understand it's a little hard sometimes to, to keep everybody on so uh but we're looking at other ideas to really keep the engagement going and also uh, attention as, as well. You know, maybe we get some, some smaller bits in between that, that keep things going. So we definitely would, would love to hear your, uh, your feedback. Uh, we're going to take it to heart. So please, uh, if you are hearing this, uh, this is a year where we grow. We're trying to grow this and we're trying growing. to develop and we're trying to evolve. We're, we're in trying our to be sophomore a sophomore year. Yeah. We're, we gotta... we're trying to be a softer, 
more more understanding type of podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, but well, on those a, notes, got a Bob Ross type of voice happening right now. <laughs> I can't. Oh, dude, I can I can switch my MC voice like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. also take it to the stripper voice. Coming to the stage, we got Mike D doing it for you right here with the double D's. All right, all right, gentlemen, right here. On that note, guys, uh, again, yes. thank you for everybody for hanging out with us. Next episode's in two weeks. We'll let you know if we feel like doing it on a Thursday or Friday. Don't tell us how to live our lives. We'll let you know. Um, and then, uh, again, uh, kudos to everybody for being on with us tonight. Uh, the last minute people that jumped on Brad McDonald out of Aussie land, kudos, James work, uh, picking up a 74, six, uh, excuse me. He picked up a L 60 patrol kudos dog. Um, yeah, keep buying, keep buying that old, uh, the old patrols, man, keeping them alive, redo it. So again, Mm -hmm. kudos to everybody for being on with us tonight. Um, I had a uh, I had a great time actually um, yeah so it's a, it's a Friday man again uh, a Friday it feels weird yeah I like it's, it it's it's been good I mean yeah exactly I mean it's just a matter of yeah like I said there's an air to it man it feels good I, I'm glad we were able to, to to do this man again and we'll I'm looking forward in for two weeks we'll be doing this again yeah. man, for sure so uh, for all those it's a Friday and it's ten o'clock so get off your ass. And get in your garage and go do something cool. Change the oil. Buff out a headlight if you got plastic headlight. I mean, get in there, do something. Keep the cars alive. Spread the information out there and uh, support the Nissan community. All right. Yeah. All right. Get out there. Get in your garage. Um, on that note, I'm gonna motorboat out of here. <laughs> the compai. All right, guys. Get if you're with us, let's do it. God dang it, Miles. I hate ah. <laughs> It's like spring break all over again, Mike. Ah. Ah. Woo! Woo! (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I'm like four beers deep. Wow. I'm, uh, I actually did not have any, I didn't have anything to drink per se. I just some, some tea and water, but it's only because you're faking the front. No, it's only because yesterday, uh, there was, uh, I got invited out and I was like, you know what? Today was a recovery day. I don't take you out enough. Uh, well, when, when we go, it, we we go pretty hard, man. Well, it's, that's you, we man. We do. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like, yeah. When I when I get the itch, next thing Mom, you know, I'm mosh pitting yeah. at a Molly Cyrus concert, and then <laughs> it's all gonna be just sad. You know, yeah. if you a, a lot of our friends know that you are the host master of host masters in many cases. You know, you you the nice way is saying yes. You make sure everybody has a great time, and it's true. But at the same time, part of having a good time is just getting sauced, man. And of course, safely, we do the Ubers and whatnot. But uh, I like to destroy your life softly. Softly, yeah. You on that note? Yeah. Go home. Go get in your garage. What are you doing? It's ten o'clock central. I don't Australia. It's probably like eight o'clock in the morning. Get up. Go in your garage. <laughs> go change your oil. Go do something cool. I don't care. Buy a performance part. On credit. On do credit. It. On credit. <laughs> because do it why now. not? Yeah, yeah. Because why not? That's it. 
Anyway, I love you guys, man. Mike, I love you too. Love you too, man. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you guys. Have a great one. Talk to you later. Yeah.